Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is brought to you by Buyers Agency Australia. But the actual driver and passion to my work, um, that, that is, that's still here um, seven years in. Um, and I'll probably know when it's time to hang up the boots when I don't feel that energy um, to my job. Um, that, that's what I go off. Like mentally, energy is the sort of person I am. So if I feel the right energy towards it, I will keep doing it. And I definitely feel it now. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with Reedham Syed, founder of Confidence Finance and one of MPA's top 100 brokers for 2022. He divulges how he decided on mortgage broking over his other options, delves into the nitty-gritty of his portfolio and reveals how he saved $100,000 on a single transaction. Seyed's mortgage broking business and his property investment journey started in tandem. He and his now wife each had built up their individual savings over the years and when he met a mortgage broker who was also a property investor, everything seemed to click into place. And the best thing about working with him was he told me a lot about property investing and taught me a lot about property investing at the time. So um, that's when I started investing property while I was working at Treasury. Um, So we bought uh, a few um, high yielding sort of properties at the time Um, and those properties, um, I think interest rates were coming down during that period as well, uh, were kind of paying for themselves and putting a little bit of money in my pocket, um, which provided me a little bit of comfort to quit my job and start a business. Um, So that provided a bit of a safety net, I guess, um, uh, a short-term safety net because obviously there was debt against them. um, So a short-term safety net in terms of producing some income to help me make a change in my lifestyle. Um, The change was motivated... um, it wasn't motivated by I don't like my life here or I don't like this institution. Um, it's probably one of the few institutions that I would ever go back to because um, it's such an amazing time, amazing place to work. Um, it's just uh, like for me, it was just a little bit too slow. Um, I, I and, and the tangible impact you have on individual people was probably missing. I really enjoy people um, and working with people. Uh, this was, you know, pie in the sky sort of stuff you can't actually see your impact so quickly um and you're such a small tiny little piece within this um and it takes like a decade to get anywhere um you know it's just the way these institutions work um you know you never see an rba governor that's 35 years old if that makes sense um you know they're in the 50s so uh that's it makes sense but it just wasn't for me to you know spend 20 years building up my career there. Um, I wanted to fast forward it and I want shackles off me. I wanted to be like, look, you know, let me do what I want to do um, and take it where I want to go. Um, and starting a business gave me that avenue um, to do that. Um, and mortgage broking was 
what I chose because it was kind of uh, numbers, finance, working with people, um, and lending. Uh, like it, it just fit together really well. Um, so that's how I started in 2015. With so many potential avenues open to him in terms of career options, Syed had the world at his feet. In the end, mortgage brokering won out. At the time, um, I had met someone, uh, the broker that I'd worked with, and I thought I could do what he was doing. I thought I may have the skills to do it. Um, so it seemed tangible uh, and uh, easy to make the move across. Um, the, the barriers to entry to become a mortgage broker um, at the time and still today are, are quite small. Like, you know, you don't need to go back to uni for five years. Um, I was ready and raring to go. I felt like I had the ability, personality, and skill sets that I'd built up over my time um, to, you know, have a, have a real crack at this. Um, so that's how I started. Um, and yeah, that was in 2015. It just made sense. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy it. So I've never really pivoted too far from it. It's I've thought about it, but you know, it's hard to pivot when my days are, are fun um, and I enjoy it. So it's hard to change that because like that becomes incredibly valuable, particularly when we're so busy um, to just do something you really enjoy. We're at a team um, dinner the other night and I explained to uh, my team that every morning the lift like to my office comes up and I turn left and I see my sign, um, our office confidence sign. And literally, it makes me smile every single morning, just walking through the doors. Um, I never come into work, never driving the car being like, oh, I got to go to work. You know, we have days, of course, where it's trickier. I've got a difficult thing to do with someone. You know, those days can be a little bit difficult. You know, I'm human, that, that exists. But the actual driver and passion to my work, um, that, that that's still here um, seven years in um, and I'll probably know when it's time to hang up the boots when I don't feel that energy um, to my job um, that, that's what I go off like mentally energy is the sort of person I am so if I feel the right energy towards it I will keep doing it and I definitely feel it now He began purchasing properties towards the end of his time in Treasury with three of them being in Brisbane and one in Sydney He was able to do this through a government initiative called the National Rental Affordability Scheme there was a scheme called NRAS at the time, which was like a, a, a government scheme where you rent, you buy a property, it's typically a new property, um, you rent it out below market and the government subsidizes you um, a little bit for doing that. So it helps renters and um, the investor, which was me in this case, gets a benefit for doing that. Um, and really the end result, it's, it's a higher yield asset. Um, and you're probably trading off capital growth for that um, because you're buying a new property, um, you know, the features of that property probably don't exhibit strong capital growth potentials, but you do get higher yields to compensate for that, at least partially. Um, so that's what I had bought at the time. Um, in hindsight, like you know, as a lesson, would I have done that again? No. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, that's probably not the best investing, but it was a start, um, and starting is important for investors. Um, getting that decision right, you know, you can pivot and learn, but like starting did help me, um, and the rising tide of assets probably just saved me from making, from getting out of it um, fairly comfortably. He paints a picture of his portfolio which is grown by the day. At the height of his buy and hold strategy, he held seven properties but that number is ever changing with his new approach. We're developers at the moment so we're in the middle of a few developments that look like a few half-built properties, if that makes sense, that will turn into properties. So um, there's about uh, nine homes being built at the moment, in, at present. So um, that's that. And we have, uh, uh, we've 
bought a site, like a land bank site, that will be a future sort of development project for us. Um, so there's a couple there. Uh, uh, and there's a couple more. So in general, like 10, 11. Um, so it, it moves and I haven't counted exactly the number of properties. But, um, yeah, in, in around there. We, ha- we have a substantial property portfolio, um, but we're kind of pivoting away from a buy and hold type strategy that we had um, to more of an active portfolio and anything we hold and own other than our own home is kind of designed for uh, some sort of active purpose now. So that that's a change in strategy that's occurred from when I first started investing to, to today. Um, and within that, over that journey, we've bought and sold quite a few properties as well. So um, there's been a lot of movement in what we've been doing. When he started building a portfolio, it was for two reasons. Yeah, it was just wealth creation at the time and probably moving our savings into a higher earning vehicle. Um, so leverage and the power of property to leverage, you know, a $50,000 deposit into a $350,000 home. Um, that was the most attractive component. So building up a portfolio. Um, so just running through it a little bit, when I was at Treasury, we probably built a million dollar portfolio. Lending was much easier at that time. Um, so there was three or four properties, maybe a little bit more than a million dollars. Um, each of them around three, 350000 Um uh, then I started a mortgage broking business um, and we bought uh, a home to live in um, uh, and we bought uh, eventually a couple of years later we bought a couple develop like a couple properties side by side um, uh, that were targeting a sort of strategy where we buy land that we think is going to be rezoned at some point in the future um, so that's the high level strategy that we implemented at that time um, and that, that would be the accumulation of the seven properties um, that we had uh, at that time. See, it's a people person through and through, which has served him really well in his foray into property development. In my job, I get access to lots of information. I speak to lots of people. I, I have lots of, uh, we fund a lot of developers and builders and, and, and whatnot. So we see lots of projects um, and lots of opportunities. Um, so we've got the funding side sort of covered and understood. Um, and then there's the planning side. Um, and in Sydney, um, in 2020, there was this like statewide planning change that occurred, um, which allowed uh, people to get faster and more streamlined approvals um, to develop um, small resi projects. It takes a step back to explain what a CDC or Complying Development Certificate entails. So CDC for people who... Uh, you know, across the country don't fully understand that. Um, in the past, you had to go, if you want to build a duplex or a, a triplex or a quadplex, terraces, you need to go to council, get a DA approval. And that could be a, a very difficult process with lots of uncertainty to your time um, and to your capital. And uh, that makes that makes it more difficult to jump into when you don't know what you're going to get approved. Um, but then in June 2020, July 2020, um, the the state implemented a change that was um, across the, the state. Um, so that made that process much easier and much faster. Um, so from one of my clients, I recognized that the these planning changes were actually implemented in a couple council pockets in 2018. Um, and everyone else got a delay of two years. Um, all the councils said, look, we need more time. But these two councils um, said, look, yeah, we're, we're happy to start now. Um, so what I did was I understood that information, spent so much time researching these two councils and looking at what land sites got these approvals and what didn't and how to get these approvals and what impact it had on valuations. So it was like this you know, 
amazing information asymmetry that existed between two side-by-side councils sitting next to each other where you can get one approval and one you couldn't get yet but it was going to start in 2020 so it was like a form of rezoning except you had some information as to how it all works so um I knew about that. I, I learned about that um, and did a lot of research and spent a lot of time and energy into that. Um, so that was really what triggered it all. It started it all, um, you know, understanding planning and understanding changes that were happening in the city. Um, and I just, I said it at the time on Property Chat that this is the biggest development opportunity in this city in decades for small resi developers. I, I don't remember a change of this nature that that's occurred. Um and I said it after I had already participated in it and seen some results in it. Um, so, like, I was living through it and understanding it, um, but I was just a little bit ahead of the curve because people were picking up this information a bit slower. You know, people don't pick this up the day it comes out. It takes them, you know, a year to understand all these changes. He acknowledges that even though they were side-by-side councils, the plan could have been delayed or shelved altogether. But if you understand governments, planning, the way it works, regulatory systems, all of that, like, you can input a degree of probability of, hey, is these planning changes actually going to apply to this land and when? Um, that degree of probability was higher than it's ever been before during this window of time before that 2018 to 2020 window. Um, so, and the closer you got to 2020, the, the higher the probability became because, you know, they hadn't delayed it and the notifications from councils was, this is about to start. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was just studying information and researching uh, land, and I call it kind of like alpha investing, so where you're like targeting micro suburbs and within those suburbs, micro lots within those suburbs. So I literally had panned out almost every single property that exhibited features that would benefit from the changes that occurred within a few council councils. And, you know, I just started buying whatever I could that ticked the boxes, um, added in a checklist being like, it doesn't make sense. What is the value at? What are the returns at? How much is the benefit going to be? Um, and then, you know, bought assets accordingly. Um, so that that asymmetry existed in Sydney at the time um, and we knew we had done our work um, and, you know, spent time researching on it and, um, you know, participated in that process. Coming up after the break, he asks the big questions. How do you value an asset? How do you value a home? How do you value an investment property if there's no income on it? He explains more about his developments and how they may benefit people in multiple ways. So it's not just you don't have to go buy a home out in you know Wilton um, or Picton to get a new home in Sydney. He stresses the importance of having an experienced team to surround himself with. I'm uh, learning a lot, um, but I engage you know wonderful people to help me learn and take projects on further forward. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA 
with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no obligation free 45-minute strategy call. Seed has a few different sites on the go at the moment, including one with nine on one block. He recognizes that he has an advantage that many don't, which is the ability to take action even during uncertain times. During COVID, um, this was March, April 2020, so about three or four months before these planning changes that I mentioned that were coming out. Um, it was scary time to be investing at the time, very scary, being like, oh crap, like people aren't paying rent, rents at, at that exact moment. Everyone in Southwest Sydney, there were rumors and talks and one of my property managers just mentioned to me, is like, I'm getting requests for just, I don't want to pay rent. Um, and and how, how do you value an asset? How do you value a home? How do you value an investment property if there's no income on it? And how long is this situation going to be for? Like, absolute no idea predictions of 15% unemployment it's just complete chaos so obviously a super scary time to be dipping my toes into this um, and be like oh okay should I actually maybe I believe in this but should I actually jump into this opportunity because the window is now um, this is the backdrop um, so anyway we're looking at one of these sites in February um, just when COVID had started around and then we slowed it down we're like hey we've identified this particular lot that we want to buy and then we slowed it down and um this was like a, a, a home that we, it was just a single home that was going to benefit from these zoning changes. Um, uh, and I think it was being sold. It's just like an owner-occupier home, like not as a development site. Like it's just one home that you could put on it. Um, so we bought that. But during the negotiations, the price went down about a hundred grand. Um, it's an $800,000 property as well. So what's that? Like 10, 15%. Like it, it was just a complete, it, it's a really harsh thing to do, but like it's the nature of I didn't want to buy it at the price that I was having to pay, to pay at February. I was like, mm, you know what? I will offer you a $100,000 discount. Like, At the time, everyone was bailing out of the market except Syed. Uh, the vendor wanted to sell and it had lingered there for a little while. Um, it was an old home. No one really wanted it. No no developer saw potential in it. So I saw potential in it. I saw like a diamond in the rough. Um, but uh, no one else did. So like we can negotiate quite harshly. So there was a bit of a big price reduction during that time. Um, and, and then uh, this was, we bought it in May 2020, um, settled on it in November 2020, like as a six-month settlement. But we managed to get the approval. Yeah, yeah, it was a long settlement. Um, so we managed to get the approval during that time period. Um, and it was probably one of the first approvals in the area where we got, hey, four, four homes on this individual plot of land where everyone is expecting it to be one home. And, and it just completely underlying changed the nature of that asset completely. Uh, and we could sell it to developers now who are like, yes, it's already approved. I can start building tomorrow or, you know, within a month. Um, so we bought here and we sold here within a very short time period because of these zoning changes. Um, so that was a tangible real life impact that really helped propel and accelerate you. Um, you know, if you can make a decade or two decades returns in property inside six six months, um, it really can fast forward your activities a little bit. So we had a fast forward in during this code window, a big fast forward in the development sort of land where you need a fair bit of capital um, to be able to make it work. Um, we just fast forwarded our journey a little bit within this small little window by doing these sort of transactions. The block was a little under 800 square meters and it is in the planning stages to subdivide it into four, which isn't unusual for the area. 
for readers that are listening out there, um, look in the Liverpool area, in the Fairfield area, and you'll see plenty of homes like this that exhibit, because um, they're built now, like a lot of people are building these homes, the builders are building them, they're built, they're available, and now they're selling the end product. Um, you know, there's plenty of sites that we're either negotiating on, looking at, or have on sold that are now on the market. And um, because it's statewide, there's a lot of supply being added to the market, which is how you like from a policy perspective, and the reason why they're doing it is getting more homes into areas where people already live. Um, so it's not just you don't have to go buy a home out in you know Wilton um, or Picton to get a new home in Sydney. Um, it's turning existing blocks into much more density and getting more people to live there in an area that's already got the infrastructure, that's already got like the Woolies and whatnot. Um, people already live there. It's quite attractive to people. So it's um, you know gentrifying the area a little bit um so yeah that's the benefit of these planning changes um and yeah they're filtering through there's a lot of supply being added in these areas associated with these planning changes he's done several of these types of sites in different areas of sydney yeah we're active in this space so this is um, my wife and i work together in this um realm but yeah we, we build some of these and we've sold some of these um and yeah it's kind of propelled us to the position where we could be building homes in sydney which is quite expensive to do um uh, it's got us in a position to be able to do this um, and recycle our capital in a sort of faster way. Um, that's the real benefit to this sort of investing. I, I can't call it an investing strategy because it's not replicatable. Um, I don't know if I can replicate it. I can't replicate it. So, you know, maybe it's replicatable somewhere. But like that is kind of the process of what we did. Um, and yeah, it made sense to get rid of the other assets that we had purchase that suited us at the time but no longer suited us and um, we wanted to simplify our lives so these you know small little investment properties that we had at the time were no longer suitable for our day-to-day lives so um, yeah that's why we sold them um, fairly recently. Once he subdivides a few blocks it can turn into something resembling buy one get one free. There were drastic returns like the percentage returns on developers I think what we talk about is you know 15, 20, 25 percent. That's really, really good if you can find sites. I, 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 in today's market, it's kind of hard to find sites that actually exhibit the profile of that. Um, it's not that easy to find numbers that actually work, especially when you've done a proper feasibility and you understand how this feasibility works and do it properly with like an experienced person doing it. Um, it's tricky. Uh, so uh, yeah, these ones, because of the rezoning and the land was just undervalued, really. Um, that's kind of our, our entire investment strategy is always buying land that's undervalued. Um, and I, I touched on it a little bit earlier is when we first began investing in Sydney, so after the four, prop, four NRASs and we moved back to Sydney and we first started investing, we bought side-by-side assets. Um, uh, and that has been rezoned as well. So that was that was targeted as a like a are very targeted. We want to buy on this street. It needs to be a certain width, so we need multiple properties because you can't find one that has 30 meter plus frontages. Um, it needs to be a certain size, um, and that got rezoned in 2021. Um, from like, so it's going from two homes to like 30 apartments or 40 apartments or whatever we can get on it. Um, so it's been very, very selective. We're we're super, super uh, selective with our asset selection, um, but the purpose is to not worry about what we're paying for an asset that's not our focus like get a ten thousand dollar discount it's buy this asset it has to be this one um and ideally no one else can be thinking that seared isn't one to name drop but when a name this big plays a part in his story it's a story worth telling 
yeah, this particular project is going to be a long-term sort of project. Um, you know, we've had it for years. We'll have it for years. Um, it's uh, my my the backstory to this is why why we did this is my wife worked at Property Council. Um, so uh, she was some sort of manager there. Um, at uh, the Australian Property Council, um, and they did events, and she met Lang Walker at one of these events, who is one of the biggest developers, and she was telling him a story about how he bought side-by-side assets in, I think it was, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it was probably in Miranda or somewhere South Sydney um, that turned into, near, near the Westfields that got rezoned and now is probably the shopping centre or apartments back then. And we just heard this being like, wow, I live in a city, one of the, the developed cities in the world that is rapidly changing, that has so much population growth, that it look m- like so, so different in the next 30, 40 years. I live in that city. I know that city. I drive past that city. My office is in Mascot where it has changed. So what an opportunity that I get to be part of. Like I'm part of a changing Sydney um, and, you know, I don't need to look elsewhere. I don't need to worry about the noise, macro, this price, that price. Forget about all of that and just focus on the problem. Australia, Sydney has a problem. We need to get houses in here. We have so many people coming in. It's a rapidly changing city. Um, And that problem, people who can solve that problem, be part of that solution to that problem, um, you know, they're adding lots of value. And when you're adding lots of value, you do quite well for yourself. So that, that's that's generally the really high level principle of what, we're, what we do and what my sort of mission is um, in the development land. As he has a mortgage brokering business of his own, he finds that this makes his life easier in that he can finance deals with his understanding of funding. I say property is a game of two things. Um, th- there's a third one, but Two main things, it's getting money. So it's either your own or the bank's money and placing that money. Um, and where do you place it? I, I've just touched on how we place it, where we place it. We target these sort of high return sort of areas that change. Um, and the third part is managing your risk, which is really pertinent in 2023. Um, property investors really need to be mindful of that. Um, those are the daily habits you have and you know the structures you put in and, and how you manage your finances. That's the third part. Um, but those are the. That's how I view property investing and property in general. Um, that's my sort of framework for it. Um, it's you know those three components and doing best we can with within those three components. While he doesn't have any official mentors, he connects with and speaks to so many people day in and day out, which can offer a similar result. That is a privilege of my job. It's a privilege of. Um, my personality a little bit as well. I really enjoy talking to people. I'm really enjoying talking to you, Tyrone, like as an example. It's just something I get a lot of energy from. So I love meeting people and hearing about their property journeys. I can sit down, uh, you know, over dinner and be like, hey, want to tell me your story? I'll listen and be enthralled by it. Um, That is something interesting to me. So I've collated a lot of people, a lot of journeys, a lot of different experiences together that frames views and opinions. Um, Property Chat is a great vehicle for that as well, Um, you know, like-minded property people that's kind of been my overwhelming mentor in the business i did have a mentor that helped me begin this business to begin with um and there's some people who've played key roles in this but information gathering has been from people hearing stories podcasts like yourselves where people are open and can tell them tell people their stories can really help propel that um so there's a lot of information out there um and if you can meet people one-on-one or speak to them about it um it does help propel you um, much faster. So that, that's key to anyone looking to grow a property sort of portfolio is to connect with people and um, gather as much information as you can and synthesize it um, as clearly as you can. All of his experience has been hands-on rather than through courses or other education and is all fairly recent as he only started in 2021. I'm uh, learning a lot um, but I engage you know, wonderful 
people to help me learn and take projects on for, further forward. So I'm not like, I'm not doing it per se, um, but I'm just managing the experience set. And because of the experience deficit that I had beginning, um, you know, you hire the best people that I can to help bring me forward. Um, that's what I did in the mortgage broking business. And it's kind of what we're doing in this development business as well. Um, connecting with the right people and hiring a great team to, to, to solve our problems. Let's take yourself 10 years back. If you met yourself, say, 10 years ago, what do you think you would have said to him? Marry my wife quicker. <laughs> well, how long did that take? It didn't take that long, was it? I waited like six years. I was like, why? I should put a ring on it straight away. Um, I, I don't really have that many regrets. I think I've kind of done what I wanted to do. But um, really, the dream big part, I, I'm, I'm trying to implement that into my day-to-day life more and more. Get rid of all these barriers that I have being like, you know, when you meet someone, like if you meet Lang Walker, for example, if you've got the privilege of meeting someone who does absolutely amazing things that you really aspire to do, you believe that you can. Like he's just another person or she's just another person who's gone and done it. Um, if they can do it, they have you know, similar sort of opportunities to go and do that. And Australia gives you that. So absolutely anything is achievable. I've always had that sort of mindset, but uh, shaking limitations and shaking the ceiling, break that ceiling down mentally, be like the ceiling is it doesn't exist, that you can be wherever you want to be, achieve whatever you want to be. Um, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's something I'm trying very hard to break down today. Um, but, yeah, that, my decisions would have been a little bit different, particularly on my business. I would have just gone aggressive very quickly being like, look, you know, you can achieve bigger things if you, invest in it, go bigger, quicker. Um, so that, that's really what I'd be saying. Um, you know, there's no need to slow down, um, back yourself. And What are you most excited in, say, your journey in the next, say, five years? Uh, probably my business, this business. Um, that In the short term, it's definitely the 2023 excitement. Like I'm back in, I've had a couple of years with my little kids, um, spent a little bit of time focused in on that. But now I, I'm really excited to, you know, build confidence finance up as much as we can. Um, uh, talk about my journey, share my insights to lots of people. I'm really excited by that in the short term. And within five years, I don't really know so much, but it's it's all business related and building these businesses up as, as quickly as we can and to be as amazing as they can be. Um, that's my real goal, to lead my teams um, to produce wonderful service for whoever we're working for um so that's the people who buy our homes um and you know the clients of the conference finance business you know produce amazing outcomes for them that that's my real core mission at the moment um and i wanted to be my core mission going forward too with their powers combined sied and his wife complement each other well and are set to take the property world by storm we don't take on clients for the development business it's, it's more it's more of a, a personal investing thing between me and my wife um uh, and we don't have plans in that sense but yeah it, it is effectively like our own investing um and it's turning into a business um so we want to be a development business um, that that's part and parcel of our future um and yeah it's business land it's like we're at the peak of our careers at the peak of our powers um you know we're at this age profile where we can go and do a lot so it's spend five years doing doing a lot in business um, and with the aim of just wowing whoever touches us um, as much as possible. Well, Redham, you've really, really achieved a lot in such a short period of time and it's just such an amazing story. How much of that success is due to skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it do you think is due to luck? 
uh, luck does play a role. Like you, you gotta appreciate and understand that. Um, I think uh, hard work is important, um, but it's overrated. If that makes sense, you 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 can work hard, but you, working smart is far more important. There's plenty of people who work harder than me that won't. Uh, you know, build investment portfolios um, and achieve their goals. If that makes sense, hard work won't get you there alone. So um, smart work is really important. Um, skills and intelligence, uh, that um, is part of the story as well. Um, I think desire and passion is really the key to it. So before you have skills and trainings and stuff like that, you have like an overwhelming desire. My desire is if I have a door in front of me, I'm going to break that down to get through. That desire is what has helped me um, do well in life um, and a passion, um, mixing what I really, really like and focusing in on that. Um, that's advice I'd give to any young person. Be like, what are you good at? Do you enjoy that? Now find a way to get into that field um, and, you know, build a life around that. Because when you're good at something, you, you have a lot of passion for it and things flow from there. So it's fun. Like, yeah, passion makes life fun. Um, you know, I, I just love that. And, and I learned that from my two-year-old every day. Like, she's just full of passion and everything that she does. And I'm like, what a beautiful way to live. Like, you know, we all can take lessons from two-year-olds and be like, the way they live and the way they embody passion is just like, it's this beautiful sort of way of living and I try and embody that you know in my day to day. Thank you to Reed MC Ed, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call.